Hey guys, welcome to another episode, another Queen Deep Dive. I love saying it that way. This is Charlie Tate. And today, we're doing something a little bit different. On my previous episode, I kicked off Queen's ninth album, Flash Gordon. Their one and only true soundtrack album by talking about the single Flash's theme. Ah, I talked about Flash's theme. And it was a fun kickoff to what I think is going to be a very invigorating experience because here's the thing. Flash Gordon is an anomaly. Not a whole lot said about this. Not a whole lot of information about it. Beyond listening to the songs, these themes, these brief moments of soundscapes, beyond listening to them, there's not a whole lot else to go on. Very little. But I'm going to do my best to make this interesting because I still want to cover these songs, these themes, if you will, and I know how to do it. I am going to do several of them in chunks together because, for one, each of these recaps, each of these dives for these themes and these numbers is going to be, they're going to be brief. They're not going to be as extensive as the previous songs. And two, I think because of the nature of this album, being a soundtrack album and telling the story, I think it makes sense to keep some of these dives together. So that's what we're going to do. And today we're going to talk about dives number 92 and 93. And these tracks, these compositions, are called In the Space Capsule Love Theme by Roger Taylor and Ming's Theme in the Court of Ming the Merciless by Freddie Mercury. <laughs> it's actually interesting to me that Roger composed the love theme, and I'll talk about that at length here because honestly, I kind of love it. And of course, Freddie, fantastical Freddie Mercury, Seven Seas of Rye, writes Ming's theme, Ming the Merciless. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Of course, with Flash's theme, we introduce Flash Gordon, his character, his football player character, his falling into this world this otherworldly place as they take off out of Earth's atmosphere. And here, within the space capsule, the love theme, we have Dale and Flash passing out, presumably from the G-force that's happening as they take off from Earth. And this music starts to play. And in the film, I remember watching this moment thinking, this is actually quite nice. And it surprised me a little bit because we're talking about Roger Taylor. We're talking about Tenement Funster. We're talking about Modern Times Rock and Roll. We're talking about Fun It. You know, this man is big on rock and roll, blues, kind of that jazziness in the background there, but really hardcore rock and roll, classic rock and roll. A lot of drums, a lot of beats, a lot of energy, but here there is still energy but it's subdued. It's, dare I say it, it's gorgeous. It's sweeping. It's atmospheric. I love this. When I listened to this with my headphones for the first time, 
without the movie in front of me. As I was just taking this in, I thought to myself, this is beautiful. I kind of really like this. I like the movement of the chords. I like the emotion it portrays. I like the warmth of it. The kind of boundless atmospheric swelling thing that's going on here. Roger, this is really nice. It's like experimental new age synth is what it is. Yeah. This sounds a lot like various numbers from Yanni or John Tesh. Do not pick on those men. I know some people love to pick on new age musicians, especially when they were really popular. When Yanni, John Tesh were kind of in music press a lot, there were all those jokes and skits about, okay, now you want to learn how to play like them? Just hit this note and hold it for an hour. <laughs> I still remember that skit. Brilliant. But... There is something to be said about the work of that kind of new age music and the movement of it and the motions of it. It's really fantastic. All you got to do is dive into one or two albums by those gentlemen, and you will find out just how amazing their compositions are, especially Yanni. I've seen Yanni several times live. Really spectacular. Anyway, this song kind of reminds me of that. It's also worth noting that Roger has said one of his favorite songs, I don't know if it's just a soundtrack number, but one of his favorite songs is the love theme from Blade Runner. And that's really fascinating to me. And maybe, maybe it's not actually when you consider that he wrote the love theme for this. But think about it. Blade Runner was 1982. So Flash Gordon came out before it. And there are parallels here. In fact, there are people who say the same thing I do, that this sounds like something from Blade Runner. It has that exact same kind of energy. There's almost a melancholy thing about it. It's a beautifully epic thing. So just something to note there that Roger likes the love theme in Blade Runner. And hmm, interesting, isn't it? It has these, it's a sweeping elegance about it, but there's still an energy. And we'll talk about where that comes from as I get into the nitty gritty here. This is at 107 beats per minute, and it's in 4-4 time signature with triplet beats. The beats are important here. There's a contrasting energy. And the drums, the beats, is where this comes in. We're in the key of D major, which isn't immediately obvious with the introduction of the song. But that's what makes this so interesting and so magical. And this song, as if it wasn't obvious, is a connection, emotion, a journey. There's also a hopefulness here, too, as there should be. There's a love theme. Anytime there's a love theme, there might be a bit of melancholy in there and a longing, but there's always a hopefulness, like a silver lining. All I got to do is think about that love theme from Empire Strikes Back between Han and Leia. It's the same concept. You have these brooding strings. You have these... There's a hesitance there, but there's a wanting. You know what I mean? And this has a little bit of that, too. I think Roger captured that very well. And I'm still, I'm always surprised. It's like when I listened to his solo album and I thought, this has so many elements that go far below the surface and say a lot about him as a person. This is why I love music so much. The stuff people compose says a lot about who they are. And this is also what makes Freddie, so fascinating. And why people continue to love the track Bohemian Rhapsody so much, among so many other songs. 
But back to in the space capsule love theme. Really, it's epic in every way. This new age, atmospheric, ethereal driving thing is genius from Roger. Those triplet beats, the chords that sway in and out gently, the way it all resolves around that ever-driving low-end synthesizer note. I love it. It's like he worked backwards to get the sounds to come together in the most perfect uniform moment. It sounds bigger than a love theme and means more than that. Maybe I'm romanticizing it. After all, I do love Raj. But this kind of thing from him, again, it's fabulously inspiring, warm, wide open, full of endless possibility. Outside of the film, this simply soars. Yes, I love it. And it's great even within the context of the film. But experiencing this in my ears alone, just taking it in, there's something else about it. It really is a wonderfully done little piece of music. I love the guitar chords that open the number. From the very moment they strike in, they struck me. We've got an F sharp minor E chord and then a D major seventh. I've talked about six chords and seventh chords. And the reason they work so well is because they're essentially expanded major chords that add that extra facet of interest and emotion within it. You guys know how certain sounds, certain chords, a movement of a note will make you feel a certain way. That's what this does. It creates that openness and that possibility before that ethereal sci-fi swell pushes through the curtain. It sweeps and glides in those high tones over that brooding bass synth that continues, always pulling us through like the iron thread through this whole piece. The chords dance and evolve around it lovingly and it resolves into this gorgeous, inspiring thing. Roger, this is beautiful. Almost surprising, totally surprising getting this from him. Epic drums, these triplets, we dance through it like a jungle rhythm almost. The low synth never stops. Sparkles that creep in. This is genius. It's almost fun. I can imagine improvised dancing to this. The sputtering and bubbling synths continue as those gorgeous atmospheric synths arrive again. I really, really like this and hearing it in my ears as it broods and waxes and wanes, I just love it all the more. It crescendos into an orchestral and brass extravaganza. And I wonder if that is a little touch from composer Howard Blake. And Howard Blake, the London composer, of course, he contributed a lot of music for this film that never made it to the final cut. But he worked, he collaborated with Brian specifically and Freddie on another song that I believe got cut. So is this a moment here because of this full orchestra and the brass where he stepped in and added this extra flair of drama? It does seamlessly burst through. I'm not saying this is obviously the work of another man, but I think about that because I know that Howard Blake was part of the the writing and ultimately the structure of some of these songs. So I just wonder about that. There's no notes there, but I still wonder. 
and before that burst of sound suddenly disappears, is replaced by jarring sci-fi synths as the prisoners emerge. This is the kind of song I could listen to over and over again. It moves in a very satisfying way, even without the context of the film, without the film to guide it. I love this. In fact, outside of the visuals and the bright colors of the film, it's even more amazing somehow. Maybe it's because I imagine things in my mind that take it beyond what you see in the film. You know how I've talked about when you watch a music video for a song that you've never heard before and it inevitably always forevermore influences your opinion of the song. I think the first time I heard Bad Romance from Lady Gaga, I watched the video. And to this day, I cannot hear the song without seeing images of that video in my mind. And part of, part of me is bummed out about that because as fascinating and intriguing and dramatic as that video is, it's got very striking, very, some might say disturbing visuals in it. And I think that's the point. But I kind of wish I had an experience of that song just alone without the visuals to start. You know what I mean? I, I wish I had that moment just with myself and with the music. But anyway, hearing this song without the film alongside, it's a totally different experience. It shines entirely on its own. Yes, this takes you somewhere. Bravo, Roger. I really like this song. I like it. And I kind of wish we had more of a movement to it. I, I wish this on the album had been an extended cut of something with more chords, more drums, more, more, more. <laughs> Just give me more of this. It's pretty relaxing. It's driving. I'd like to listen to this while I'm running. Surprising, this one. Coming from Roger, I love it. But we're going to shift right into the next number, of course. I talked about how the prisoners emerge. They emerge into the hall on this new, in this new world, this place they don't know. And of course, they end up in the court of Ming the Merciless. Yes, we're going to talk about Ming's theme now. Dive number 93, track number three on the album, Flash Gordon. Of course, this is Freddie's composition. This is very experimental, minimalist synth. We have a basic chord theme that we hear several times, otherwise completely surrounded by lots of dialogue and occasional sound effects. This, this whole bit is really about telling the story of what's happening with our prisoners being presented to the evil Ming, right? But Freddie came up with this really genius theme that's disturbing, it's interesting, it keeps your attention. This is at 152 beats per minute. It doesn't sound like it, but there we are. We're in 4-4 time signature. And C minor key. This is hard cool, hard, hard cool, hardcore ruler, Ming. Ming, the hardcore evil one. And we don't even need to see the visuals to understand exactly what is going on with this man. And as the track before it, the Space Capsule Love Theme track, this is exactly the same. I almost enjoy this more without the visuals to distract with the flashy, yes, sorry, 
over-the-top characters because you can hone in on the movement of the music. And again, it kind of takes you to a place that's entirely unique altogether. Freddie's first contribution is fantasy revealed with minimal synthesizers, sputtering sound effects, rattling crashes that are very unsettling, appropriately so, intense dialogue, the depressing and weighted atmospheres created by the mode of the track and the arrangement of the dramatic chords, which include diminished and inverted. So not your typical chords happening at all. This is the most experimental song on the album yet, or theme, if you will. It's still effective and intriguing in its spooky and unsettling arrangement. You don't need to see the film to know how nasty Ming is. You hear it in his voice and his demand. And Freddie, I think, captures that energy, the uncertainty, the, the hesitation of the prisoners, the insistence, the demands of Ming, all with this arrangement and performance, and minimally so. He does a really great job of reflecting those emotions within this very brief theme. Ah, Freddie, all fantastical, right from the start. We are not surprised. Early Freddie compositions took us to many places, many pieces of art. Fairy Feller's Masterstroke, Seven Seas of Rye. We have heard these kinds of things from Freddie. He goes to worlds and into situations and art-filled culture places that a lot of people wouldn't when they're writing a song. And I think it shows here as minimal as this is. So he obviously understands how to capture a moment, a character. He knows exactly how to do this. These synths and the accidentals, the unsettling atmosphere. Timpani again from Roger. I talked about this timpani. We're gonna hear it a lot. We're getting the same theme of synths, the same frequencies. It sounds similar to previous tracks, but the performance is unique thanks to Freddie here. This track features, yes, a lot of dialogue. The bass synthesizer lingers, phasing in and out, makes us appropriately and just uncomfortable enough to keep listening. Minimal, but so effective. The sound effects are intriguing. Zap, crash, death to Ming, but oh no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> a wind of uncertainty surrounds Fred's sense. But this is so intriguing and interesting. It bursts into a full chord with brass as we introduce our characters. Pathetic earthlings, as Ming says before it transitions seamlessly into the next track. But I'm not gonna talk about that track today. I'm not gonna talk about that track today because I think I wanna save it for the next chunk. I wanna save it for the next chunk and do it with another song later. But that is two Queen Deep Dives today. Dive number 92, track two, and dive number 93, track three on Queen's album, their ninth, Flash Gordon. And the Space Capsule love theme flowing into Ming's theme. Ming the Merciless. All right, guys. That is it for today, short and sweet. Trying to keep it fun, but I hope you guys are getting something good out of this. If you've never listened to Flash Gordon or you're like me and you've been a little skeptical about whether or not to even consider it a Queen album, do yourself a favor. 
and follow along with me because this is intriguing. It's very unique hearing the guys in this context. This is totally weird in the best way to get this kind of stuff from them because we've never had these kind of themes, these compositions like this. And it's surprising and very impressive at the same time. Keep yourselves alive, guys. I'll be back next time. I hope you have a great day, a flashy night, starry night, and I'll talk to you guys again.